Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, this is Stephen Moe speaking, and I want to welcome you along to this bonus episode. This is a bit different because I was just at a social enterprise unconference up in Levin, and we were invited to pitch topics of interesting things that could be done for seminars during the weekend. I proposed one, which was how to create a podcast, which was based on my experiences doing this Seeds podcast. So I thought I'd share the audio of that seminar, which I gave at the conference. So it's a bit meta because it's a podcast episode talking about doing a podcast. I hope you enjoy it, and if any of you are keen to find out more and you'd like to do your own podcast, I'm very happy if you reach out to me and I can give you some pointers about how to go about setting up your own podcast, because that was actually one of the reasons I wanted to do Seeds, was to encourage other people to try doing a podcast themselves. And a big shout out to everybody who attended the Social Enterprise Unconference. It was a fantastic time of real deep connections being made, and there were many, many topics discussed as well. And it will be fascinating to see the ripples that come from an event like that, which may not show up for months or even years later. If you enjoy this episode, then consider checking out some of the 85 interviews I've done with other inspiring and interesting people. Now let's get into this seminar that I did on how to run a podcast. All right, everybody. So we're going to get underway with a podcasting session. And it's going to start out really noisy because people are over here still mingling around. Um, But I just want to say welcome to this session. I am actually recording this. So this hopefully will become an episode of the podcast that I do. Um, And what I want to encourage is you to ask me questions. And if um, if something's not clear, then feel free to interrupt me. And the point is I want to educate you and download everything that I've learned about doing a podcast in the last year and a half so that you feel empowered that if you wanted to, then you could go and set one up. Um, So just a little bit of background about me. Um, I have an American accent, but I actually grew up here in New Zealand. So it pays not to make assumptions when you first hear people who have accents. We came when I was seven years old, and we moved to a small place called Papakayo near Amaru which is a very blink and you miss it as you drive by. Um, So I went to a country school, you know, there was 30 people in the class, it was very small. And then we moved to Christchurch and I grew up in Christchurch as well. Went to high school in Christchurch, went to Canterbury University. And then I worked for three years in Wellington at a national law firm. And then I met my wife in Wellington, so it's a special city for me. And we got married and moved to London and spent three years in London, then spent four years in Tokyo, four years in Sydney, and came back to New Zealand three years ago. And what I'd been doing overseas was really working with big companies, big corporates, and I came back wanting to have a different approach. So since I've been back, I've been doing a lot of work in this sector that we all know, social enterprise. And as well as that, I work with lots of charities and not-for-profits. So that's kind of become an area I do a lot in as well as my old hat of corporates and banks and mergers and company things as well. So that's just a little bit of my background so you know the context. And basically, it occurred to me, I kept meeting people in my job who were amazing. And they do amazing things, but they had no platform to tell their stories. So there was no, no one knew about them. 
And I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a way that I could actually help to empower them to tell their story? And I'd been listening to podcasts myself as I was driving into work in and out each day. And I thought, I wonder how difficult it is to start a podcast. And so that was the origin of it, was wanting to tell stories. Because I think podcasts are a great way to get stories out and to educate people in a very unique way. Because people, when they're listening to podcasts, we each have wasted time in our days. You know, when you're driving from A to B, or when you're mowing the lawn, or you know, maybe um, cleaning or cooking or whatever it is, there's a lot of time in our day which is not productive. And so podcasts are a platform to allow people to listen. And I was reflecting on this. This is a bit of a long intro, but I've been thinking a lot about this. And really, when you look at humanity, up until relatively recently, not many people could even write. You know, like think of a couple hundred years ago, our ancestors probably were not able to write. <laughs> so how did they communicate? It was through speaking and through telling stories. And I think, in a way, podcasts are stripping back some of the, um, the modern ways and saying, actually, having a corero, having a story, listening to somebody's personal experience can be incredibly powerful. So that was my background for wanting to start a podcast. Um, and I'm just going to run through some of the equipment that I use, and I'm going to run through some of the key things that I've learned as I've been going. Um, and if you have questions, like I say, just jump in and ask. Um, but the first thing for me was um, trying to decide what the theme of my podcast was actually going to be. And it sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> so originally, um, when I was thinking of, well, what would I name the podcast? It was actually uh, a long process to come to the name Seeds. And I was originally thinking kind of more a longer title. Um, but then I had these ideas like talking purpose, you know, like kind of that's what I want to do. I want to talk about purpose. And I found what I'm so glad that I settled on seeds because it's a conceptual thing that can get across a meaning and an impact without needing lots of words. Like everybody knows what a seed is. It's simple. So if you're starting a podcast, I encourage you to spend a lot of time on that process of what are we going to call it? You know, how are we going to convey in one simple word what we're about? So the, the background of seeds is that I love the idea that seeds look like they're dead. You know, they, they, there's, you can put them in a jar. There's no life. You put them in the ground. You give them water, light, nutrients, the right conditions. And what happens? They grow. And so for me, seeds, these stories that I'm telling, through the podcast are like seeds, that if we plant them, if people listen to one of the episodes, there may be something that they resonate with that's like a seed that's planted for their life, and that that may grow. And in the last session, we were talking about impact and how do you measure it, and it's a really hard thing to measure. So sometimes I feel like I'm scattering these seeds, and I don't know what's going to grow up. And maybe I won't know until 20 years from now when somebody comes back, maybe, and says, I listened to a podcast and it helped me to do whatever they did. <laughs> so um, 
that's sort of how one thing to think about is just what are you naming it and how, what's, your, what's your target market or who are you wanting to help? Who are you wanting to influence? So spend a lot of time on that is my advice. A question. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It'd be more fun if there's questions. So, Yeah, we can talk about that. So basically, I started this podcast at the time of the Social Enterprise World Forum in Christchurch. And I launched it with an interview of Michelle Sharp from Comarnic Enterprises. So she's an amazing communicator and has a wonderful story. And episode number one is still one of my favorites. So Comarnic is a social enterprise that empowers people with different disabilities so that they can have employment. So it's a wonderful story and she's great. She used to work for startups back in the UK. So hearing her journey was amazing. And so that really set the tone for what came. And so the audience from the beginning was sort of social enterprise focused because it was at the time of the forum and people started listening from then. And so what you do basically is you start, what I did is I started a Facebook page and then I've gotten people liking the Facebook page. So right now there's about 400 likes and so that's one way to communicate. And people, when I, every time I post an episode, I'll say, I spoke to Sister Mary Scanlon, who has been a nun for 70 years. She was born in 1929, and she works with palliative care. So that's not social enterprise at all, but it's interesting to me. And so then when I post that, people will like it. So that's one way to engage. And then the other way is that you'll need to get a... Um, a host provider who can hold the audio. So you pay them and you upload your files and they keep track of all downloads across all podcasting platforms. So I know exactly how many episodes, uh, how much has each episode has been listened to. I can log in and it's a website and it will tell me this episode has 237 listens as of right now. And today it's had seven listens. And of those seven listens, three were in the UK, one was in Argentina, five were, you know, it tells you that level of detail, but it doesn't tell me who they are. <laughs> so it's all aggregated. I don't know the identities. I do know as of today, it's been listened to 23,000 times. So that's overall 85 episodes. So you have to do the averages, but it's several hundred per episode. But that's been building up. Like, I've been doing it for a year and a half. And my theory is, as new people find it, they'll then go back and start from the beginning and get the content. So over time, it should have increased listeners because there's 85 hours of material now that people can go back and listen to. Yeah, so the question, I'm just going to repeat it so the listeners can hear it as well. Um, the question is whether that uh, host pushes it out to all the podcasting platforms. And the answer is partly it does, but you have to sign up for which ones you want it to go to. So there's a, you, like, um, it's uh, my one, it goes to, the host that I've chosen is called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And Libsyn is one of the most commonly used podcast hosting platforms, if not the most commonly. Like it's, it's straightforward, it's easy. There's a certain charge per month, and that's it. Um, and then, so they then give you a free website, and that website you can then give to people to go listen to it.
but you, you can also set up what's called an RSS feed, and the RSS feed is what then gets channeled to um, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So I think my one's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, one called One Republic, Podbean. There's about seven or eight different ones. And from when I was setting it up, the key thing for me was I wanted it to be available on, on Apple phones and Android phones. So I tried to get some podcast apps that were Android so that other people you know, could listen to it. And it's on the website as well. And then what I've done a month ago was set up a dedicated website just for this podcast called theseeds.nz. And I then take the, each podcast and I load it onto that site as well. So you try to spread it out as much as you can. Um, but ultimate, ultimately, it, it sometimes depends on the, the, um, the person I interviewed, whether they go to their social media and post about it or put it on LinkedIn or whatever. So the question is whether I focus on what I'm interested in or what the, I think the listener will be interested in, to summarize it. And so this is where it gets interesting because um, you can get too worried about what your listeners want to hear. I feel like it, I don't make any money from this podcast. Like there's no advertising revenue. If it grew to be like some of you would listen to, you know, the big Seth... Uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, and you know, there's millions of downloads and things. That would be a different scenario, but I'm actually trying to empower a sector within a country, so it's kind of a different reason for doing it. I'm not really doing it for the money. <laughs> so, also, it's much more fun if you enjoy doing it. <laughs> and I, so I like finding people that I think have interesting stories to tell, and then I will focus on them. So the nun who turned 90 and was born in 1929, I loved hearing about the Great Depression. You know, I loved hearing about the time that World War II was announced on the radio. And so that interested me. So I thought, I'm just gonna do it. But actually the themes that she ended up talking about, which is lots about love, caring for other people, working as a nurse for 70 years, resonates really strongly with the social enterprise sector. So there's no conflict. And what happens is once you've done it enough, you start learning how to ask good questions. And so you're able to draw out the stories of people. Yeah. No, I haven't interviewed anybody I didn't like. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the key thing, so this is, this is good to remember. Um, something that my mother told me when I was growing up is that there's no uninteresting person. If you think they're uninteresting, it's because you haven't asked the right question yet. And so that's always stuck with me, and it's really informed this podcast, because I always look at the person, and uh, we'll touch on this, but I only interview in person. I've never done a Skype interview or something like that, but I'll look in their eyes and ask them the questions, because within them there will be a story and if they haven't been able to articulate it yet it's because I haven't asked the right question yet and so that's the challenge as the interviewer is what's the hidden gem that you haven't revealed yet how do I get it no but all the people I've interviewed I've enjoyed the conversations yeah some people who are podcasters do lots and lots of research and they go into the interview and they'll be like 
in your book, you know, you said at chapter 10, blah, blah, blah. I actually don't like to do that because I like the interview to be like, I've just met you and we're learning about each other. I feel like it's more authentic than trying to impress the listener with sort of how much research I've done. So I, I will know something about the people um, enough to get the conversation started. That's why I've asked them to be on the podcast. There has to be some reason, you know. Um, but I won't, I won't know everything, partly because I want to discover it in the same way that the listener is discovering so it. It's, it's much more authentic, yeah. And also, sometimes when you start the podcast, you, before you've hit record, you'll start hearing stories. And so I always try to say, stop, stop. Let's just start recording. Let's get all of it. I want to capture everything. So the other day, I interviewed Lisa Mead, and she started an um, accounting firm that gives 10% of the profits back into charities and not-for-profits. So it's a really cool concept. And about three minutes, four minutes in, I was like, so tell me a bit about your childhood. Oh, I was into running and sports until my appendix burst and I was hospitalized for six months. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't know. My reaction is just as authentic as anybody. And she describes how she had to go to hospital, how she was in a room and she felt like she was no longer in her body. Like it gets really like, whoa, I had no idea. We were, I thought we were talking about setting up an accounting firm. So the surprise element of it is more, it makes it more real. And I enjoy it more as well. Like I don't want it. That's the other thing. When you start, you might want to have a script because sometimes the people you're interviewing will say, what are you going to ask me? So initially I used to send them like seven questions. And then, you know, this, and then some of them would prepare and things. But now, I've done it so many times, I say, look, it's just a natural conversation. Just pretend the microphone isn't there. I just want to get to know you. Rather than, okay, question number, we're up to number four now. Oh, now we're up to, oh, what was number five? It's not, a, it's artificial. So do you ever find yourself doing much editing or any at all? I try not to edit well, as much as possible because I want it to be authentic. If I feel it will enhance their story, I will take out some parts and I tell them, the other thing is I'm transparent with them and I think this is really key. Um, you can edit the content later so you can assure them if you say something you didn't mean to, if you tell a story you regret tomorrow, email me and tell me and I will delete it. So there's a trust between you and the person you're interviewing. You're not, I'm not there to ambush them. I'm not an investigative journalist trying to get to the bottom of something. I want them to tell their story. So if, if I've had this happen, where people have emailed me later and say, you know that bit I said about my brother and how he was really mean to me in childhood? Can we just delete that? Because I just don't want him to hear that. You know what I mean? So that's part of the trusting relationship between you and the person you're interviewing. Um, and you do get better as you go on. So I always tell them there's two parts to the interview. In the first part, I'm gonna be asking you about you. And the second part, I'm gonna be asking about what you do. And I actually was reminded by somebody that this is actually kind of a Te'au Maori sort of perspective, looking at the person as a whole, rather than what do you do? Like in Western culture very often, what's the first question we ask, right? What do you do? rather than who are you, where do you come from? 
So in the podcast, what I try to do is start at the very beginning and say, where are you from? So every, most conversations I'll begin, tell me where you're from, and then they interpret that the way they want to. Many times they'll say, well, I was born in Christchurch, and then we moved to Auckland, and then blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes, and you hear it sometimes in the interviews, they'll speed up, and they'll go, and then I graduated, and I went to Auckland University, I became a physiotherapist, and then I, and it's like 30 seconds, because that's what Western culture is about. It's, you've got to get out your story as quickly as possible. And then I'll say, oh, that's really interesting. Can we just back up a bit? What did you enjoy when you were six years old? You know, let's step back. What were you like as a child? Then what did you enjoy studying in high school? How did you choose what you studied at university if you went there? What was your first job? You know, and try to slow it down. So the first 20 or 25 minutes, in a way, I'm wasting a lot of time because I'm getting the whole backstory of the person's life. But what they're doing now is so informed by that first part that you can't really understand what they're doing now unless you know that their mother helped foster children. And what are they doing today? Oh, you're working with you know, people who have difficult situation. So you can actually start to see a theme through the life that becomes unveiled as you go. Whereas if I just said, so Michelle Sharp, you're the CEO of Kilmarnock Enterprises, um, what, what's on your horizon? What's the next challenge you're facing? It's way less impactful than, oh, so you spent your childhood in Mexico. What was that culture like? What do you think it did for you that in Latin culture, it's very much about supporting each other and how does that feed into what you're doing now with these people with different disabilities? So that's the thing is you have to try to, well, in my view, you try to unpack the story and get as deep as you possibly can with people. So um, we were chatting about this before, just the length of the podcast. The longest one I've ever done is an hour and 35 minutes. So I, I'm doing what's called a long form podcast, but you can, hopefully you can tell I'm actually interested in people's backstory, where they're from, you know, it's a bit trendy, but why? <laughs> what's your why? But you get to unpack that through understanding that story. But this is a choice. If you choose to do it, you'll have to make a choice. Actually, no, I want to go for an 18-minute podcast. I'm going to go for the TED Talk. That's how long people's attention spans are. And I'm sure I've lost listeners or people have looked at the length and thought, oh, I, I don't have an hour and a half. Whereas if I'd done it 20 minutes, maybe I would have got them. But I'm after quality rather than, you know, uh, well, I guess I want quality and quantity. <laughs> In the podcast, because I've interviewed all of them, obviously, so I will often refer back. So I'll be talking with someone and then I'll say, wow, this really reminds me of the community-owned garden initiative in Christchurch, um, which Peter Wells is running. And then we'll talk a little bit about that. So I do that. And then the other thing is that I've actually asked two former guests to come back and interview each other because I thought they would have great stories. So Tim Jones, who does a lot with B Corp, and, and Mark Ambundo, who's from um, Africa, and has been in New Zealand for a year. His interview is all about what he observes about New Zealand culture. And Tim gave up the corporate world to go into B Corp. So it was this fascinating conversation. I called it a, a mashup. 
and they interview each other and I'm not even there. <laughs> so that was really fun. And that's the thing, if it's your podcast, you can do whatever you want. So I'm not even in that episode at all and they're just having fun talking. And then, yeah, so, but there's, I haven't, oh, and then the one other thing I've done is a compilation episode, which was called The Moment Things Changed. And I pulled out um, from 10 different interviews the two or three minutes where somebody said, this was the moment I was sitting on a park bench and I realized I needed to do da, 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 da. So I compiled all those together. And if I had more time, I would do more of that stuff. Yeah, so the question is, how do I get feedback? Um, so I do have this Facebook page. So if I post an episode, sometimes people will put a comment like, wow, that was great, I really appreciated it. Honestly, you don't get much feedback. <laughs> but I know how many people are listening to it. And like last week, in one day, it, it was listened to 147 times. So that's 147 people who heard me talking about purpose and business and the why. I can't talk to 147 people for an hour each in a day. You know, so I, I see the statistics and I think it is having impact. And then I do get emails in from people who say, wow, this really helped. And so I had one, I'll share two of them. One, somebody said I was at a career decision point and I listened to some of the podcasts and it helped me get clarity about what I should do next in my career. So that was really cool. And then probably the one that sustained me the most is I interviewed a guy who had terminal brain cancer. So that was in December. We knew he had it and he died two months later. So we talk about what do you do when you get this sort of news. So it's about, that one's about normalizing the reality of death, which is a 100% success rate for all of us, but we don't talk about it. So with him, I was able to, like, it's, we're kind of crying at the end of the episode. It's that level of, like, we go really deep because it's, how do you cope with this? The point is, um, after he died, I went to his funeral and his son wrote me an email a month later and said, thank you so much for interviewing my father when you did. Now we have a record of his voice that we can pass on to his grandchildren, who, there's no grandchildren right now, but one day in the future, because we've captured an hour of his life, and this will be something we can have as a legacy. So that, like, keeps me going. That's kept me going a long time. Um, but it is really, it can be um, tiring. I think like any entrepreneurial type of thing, like I don't make money from this, but in a way it's a startup. And it can, you do wonder what impact am I having. Um, but when, you, when I think about 23,000 listens, that sustains me as well. Like that's a lot of, a lot of impact. Yeah, so how do I find people to interview? Yeah. So it started with people in my own circle who I knew, and then they said, you should talk to this person, and then they said, you should talk to this person. So it's kind of, it's like a you know, ripple that goes out. And I've recently, so this is a, on the self-sustaining piece. For a year and a half, I did one every Tuesday. So that involves interviewing someone, editing it, getting it ready, writing a description, and uploading it. So every week is a lot of work. <laughs> so I've recently switched to doing it every two weeks because I think now there's 85 episodes. People can go back into the archive and they can listen to them. And I don't need to burn out in the short term. I want this to be something I'm doing five or, you know, I don't know, 10 years from now. So um, I'm not interviewing 
as many people as well. Yeah, but I have about 12 that I've interviewed that are already recorded, so that's about three or four months worth. So that's really nice because I don't have the pressure. And if you are starting one and you're interviewing people, I recommend getting at least three or four done before you release your first one. Otherwise, you'll feel real pressure. You'll release number one and everyone will go, wow, that was amazing, when's number two? <laughs> and you'll, it's, it's a big pressure. So I did about four or five before I released the first one. Yeah, well, I'd love to share about it, yeah. Um, so the technical equipment that you need is a microphone and a recording device. <laughs> like it's that simple. But I, I respect the listener and I wanted to get high quality audio equipment because if people are with me for the hour that they're listening to the podcast, I want it to be a, you know, a quality experience for them. So your iPhone can record audio, like, and maybe in the future it will be even higher quality, but I really wanted to get a device that would do even you know, radio quality. So I bought this, which is called a Zoom H4n Pro. So this is used for making movies and things. Like it's a top quality device <laughs> and it records at, you know, it's radio quality. So when I was setting up the podcast, I went in, um, in Christchurch, there's a radio station called Plains FM, which is like an access radio. And I showed them this and they said, this is actually probably better than our equipment that we loan to people to go out. So, so it's a really nice piece of equipment. So the cost of it was $395, but I viewed that as an investment of, I respect the list, its quality. And, you know, you can just record for years and years. You know, it's not going to go out of style. So for the tech people who will know more than me, this has two XLR inputs. So that's really high quality that comes from this microphone. Um, and it also has these microphones here so you, at the front so you can switch it and then it would pick up all the audio in the room. These microphones, so that's the device and it's got an SD card. So I got like a huge one, like I think it's 64 gigabyte SD card. So it can, I can literally record like 25 hours of content. Um, they're quite large file sizes. They're almost a gigabyte for an hour. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's, that's the device that I bought. And this has um, recording levels, so you can adjust the sound. So I've set this, so hopefully it will be picking up my voice at a good level. Um, and if you get it wrong, though, it could be too high. <laughs> um, and I'll talk about the software in a second. Um, and then the, the microphone, this is called a Rode microphone. And so R-O-D-E is the brand and it's called a dynamic microphone, which means it picks up the sound in this area right here. So in theory, the questions you've been asking me, they probably aren't being picked up. Whereas if you have um, a condenser microphone, it will pick up everything in the room. The reality is this microphone is really, really good. And so often I have to say to the guests, you know, it's gonna pick up that tapping on the table. So, um, I try, if the guest is wearing like, uh, you know, clothing that will make sounds, you know, maybe a jacket or something, it might pay to ask them to just, you know, wear non-noisy clothing. Because <laughs> it does pick it up. It, honestly, it, it picks up everything. So this, the audio for this is going to be very poor quality because of all the surrounding sounds in the kitchen and 
you know, the little dee -dee -dee -dee, it's going to pick up everything. But that's okay. They, they were 295 each. So all up, it was $1,000 for everything. But I feel like this is, it, it's all um, portable. So it all fits in a plastic tub that I can then take to the guest. So I, I never force them to come to me. I always say, I can meet you wherever you, wherever you want to meet. So the sister that I mentioned, you know, the 90-year-old sister, I went to her apartment and I set it up and we sat at her kitchen table. So it was her context, she was comfortable. She was able to say, you know, that's the picture of Mary Potter, the founder of the little company of Mary, which is the order that she's part of. So, yeah, and also that way, I, like when I went to Japan, I interviewed, I used to live in Japan, so I interviewed my former kind of host father about his life, what it was like growing up in World War II in Japan. You know, so I was able to take it all with me. So yeah, and I brought it all today, so this is it. Um, and then the other thing is it does have, normally I would put these on to be able to monitor the sound. And because um, if you come closer, it gets louder. And if you're further away, it's, yeah. So I have a splitter, which means I can have two, mic two headphones. So the guest can have one and I can have one. And we can kind of try to keep our levels at about the same. Um, so that's kind of the, the equipment. I recommend if you do get one of these, this is like a case that's all padded. So that didn't come with it. It only came with this. But if you drop it, it's better to have it in this. <laughs> um, and then once you've, once you've done your interview, um, you then you have an audio file. And what I do, I have a Mac computer and I've downloaded a um, software program called Audacity and Audacity um, is a free software program, so it's very cheap. <laughs> and you basically then drag your sound file into Audacity, and it shows you the, um, the sound levels and things. So then you can adjust how it's sounding, and you can make it louder or quieter, um, depending on what you do. And then what I have is I um, record an introduction and an outro, so every time I'll say, I'm really glad you could join me today. I'm speaking with Carrie Bonner about um, promoting access to those who have disabilities. So um, Carrie has cerebral palsy, and we talked about what it's like for her, what her life is like. So that would be the little intro. And then usually I'll say, here's an extract from our conversation. And I'll put like 30 seconds at the start to give a flavor of it. And then I'll say some sort of a message about, you know, if you like it, then subscribe, leave a rating, that type of thing. And now let's get into the conversation. And then at the end, I'll do something that says, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you liked it, there's 85 other interviews. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Yeah. Yeah. You got a question? Yeah. So I've set this camera up. This is called a Mevo camera. And sometimes I'll video interview my podcast interviews. So the podcast is audio only. So that's what this is. Um, but sometimes I also have, I'm in the process of uploading more to YouTube um, as a channel for the podcast. Um, so right now, this camera um, is recording, so you can see <laughs> on my phone there, that's actually recording right now. And it's an amazing piece of equipment because it 
records in 4K, which is really high quality. And it actually, if I set it to, it would find faces and it would jump from my face over to someone else and back to me and panning shot all as I'm, as I'm filming. So yeah, it's an amazing, it shows technology is moving forward quickly. <laughs> it actually finds faces, yeah. So um, if anybody's interested, um, I, my actual job is as a lawyer <laughs> and I, I've done some training about um, things that startups should know. And in that training, um, I did some juggling and I used that camera to film the whole thing. And so that goes to my face and then wider and then back to my friend and back to me. And so it's an amazing piece of kit if, you can, if you've got some money. Um, but video is kind of the way of the future, I think. So um, audio, I think, is, has a huge resurgence right now. But video, I want to be ready to do as well. Yeah. So there's many questions there, but I'll, I'll just answer some of them. Um, so this is, this is a hobby for me, so I don't have the money to be able to really um, s just focus on getting the answers to all of those things. Um, I know from looking at the statistics that people definitely do go back and they are listening to the archive because it breaks it down month by month for each episode. So I can tell how many listens there were this month and how many there were the previous months for each episode. So like episode number one, obviously it spiked when it first came out, but even over time it still has listens, you know, like five or six over a certain period. Like I think over a month it might get 10 listens. So that's 10 people who've gone back. But it is hard for me to know who those people are. I, I, I don't know. Not really, no. I, I get feedback from people who say I really because my hope, you see, is that someone will listen to one episode and then they'll go, because it will be their friend, you know, like, you know, their, their brother gets interviewed or whatever. Oh, I'll listen to it because it's my brother. Actually, I kind of like that. I'll go back and listen to other ones. That's my theory. <laughs> so that every episode, I'll be gaining more listeners who are then looking back into the archive and realizing there's a lot of great content there. Yeah, well, my, so it depends, it actually depends how much the guests help to promote it. Um, because if you imagine their networks, I can't tap into their networks. But if they post about it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, if they email their, if it's in their newsletters going out, then it will rise. Yep. So, and I can track that. I, well, I know, I know it rises because like at the, at the social enterprise conference, at the Wellington Zoo, I did some sessions, I interviewed some people and just had the audio and I, I posted those as episodes and then Akina put it in their newsletter and so then people were cooking and then that episode was being listened to. But it is a very, yeah, it's an inexact science from my perspective and all I can do is really, you know, hopefully people like you will become engaged and then you'll tell a friend and then they'll tell a friend, you know, it really is sort of that grassroots level because I don't, I just don't have the, yeah, I've tried Facebook sponsorship so that, you know, if you do a post, you can boost it, but you quickly burn through a lot of money that way. <laughs> so I don't really do that. I just rely on word of mouth and um, yeah, 
And uh, the other thing is in Apple Podcasts, people can leave ratings and reviews. So I'm up to, I think, 39 ratings and reviews now, which is quite good um, given that I don't know how many people there are listening. Um, but they, yeah, 39 people have gone to the effort and it only takes about 30 seconds. And I'd encourage you all to do it. But you go in and you, you literally just swipe across with the star thing and there's a rating. But, so I appeal for that in the show. I'll say, I'd appreciate if you can leave a rating and review, you know, subscribe, leave a comment to the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, so the question is whether I become aware of speaking patterns. And yes, I think you do. And you learn when to just be quiet and let the person talk. I think it's a lost art in Western culture of listening. I think we all have lots of things to say, <laughs> but it's very rare to find people who actually don't say the next thing and just let that uncomfortable pause hang a little bit longer. And that sometimes is when the guest will then say the actual thing you know, that has substance, giving them the space to do that, not rushing to the next topic. Um, yeah, and in terms of how I speak and things, I'm not sure, it's just the, it's just the way I talk. <laughs> but I'd encourage you to just be authentic with however you speak. There's one of my favorite podcasts is called On Being um, with Krista Tippett. And so she's an American who interviews people, kind of similar themes to me, in that she's talking about big picture stuff, you know, life and death and faith and spirituality and the future and all that type of stuff. But I've noticed that she pauses and has lots of ah, mm, ah, and, and it, it's her way, it's, it's, her, it's authentic to who she is, and it works. So just don't worry too much, just be yourself, right? <laughs> but over time you do get better at waiting and pausing. And the, the, the big thing is that you have to learn to listen, listen with your heart. <laughs> It sounds kind of silly, but you have to actually see through what people are saying to the core of what they're actually saying. And then your next question will hopefully draw it out more. So they might say something like, um, my father, you know, my father had a big influence on me or something. And then your next question is, tell me more about your father. What exactly was it about him that you appreciated? You know, so going that extra question. Mm. I, th I think it's a, it, yeah, so finding the right interviewer and how important that is. I, th I think it is a big part because you're, you're setting up an intimate relationship with this person and it is key that they trust each other. And I guess I'm fortunate that I I'm able to listen in an empathetic way to people. I think that's a, that's a um, I think I was maybe born with it, but I've also learned it. So you do have to have that because ultimately this is a conversation where they're trusting you with their life story and you have to respect it. And so there is a lot to be said for who does the, who does the interview. Yeah, whereas my agenda is I want to help enhance their story. I want to get the best out of them. I want to really get to the heart of who they are and understand why they do what they do. So that, that's underpinning, that's the foundation. And the fascinating thing is across all 85 interviews, you definitely start to hear themes and trends which come through for everybody. And often there's an event or something happened where the person realized that their time on earth was limited 
and that could be the death of a loved one, it could be a diagnosis, it could be going overseas, whatever it is, there's something where they switched in their brain and thought, what am I doing with my life? How can I add value? So, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't really had, like, so the question is um, whether I've had people take issue with the content in the podcast. I haven't really had that, to be honest. I think probably if people don't like it, they just stop listening, and that's fine. And they can listen to another podcast. They can listen to Joe Rogan or whoever. <laughs> yeah, I think enough people like it where I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable enough in my own skin with it now where it's okay. Yeah, I don't mind, you know. And the other thing is, if, even if only two or three people listen to it, it still would have impact. Like, if, as long as those two or three people have learned something and grown through it, then I feel like I've added some value. So when I get 147 people in a day, it's like, wow, that's cool. But equally, if there's five or six people, I don't know, but maybe that one person was really impacted, you know? So you have to have a bigger picture. I like the stuff we're talking about with impact, you have to be able to see beyond the limited horizon of I got 27 listens today. No, actually the impact is 10 years from now when someone comes up to me and says that particular episode helped me. I forgot to tell you, but it was really cool. <laughs> so yeah, but if people are listening and they'd like to give me feedback, it's always encouraging. <laughs> yeah, so I might, I might wrap up there because I think we're coming to the end. But. Yeah, it's, it's a case of m my own capacity. I don't have time to edit the audio and the video and upload it and things. So if, if I had capacity, yes, I would, I would do that. Because I feel like it's another way to communicate with people is with the video. The other thing, if I had time and money, and if anyone's listening wants to volunteer, transcribing the episodes. Some people, even last night I was talking to someone who said, I don't do podcasts, I will read a transcript. So the, the content is there. If I had somebody who could help me to transcribe even bits of the podcast, it would be incredibly valuable to get out as content into the world, but I just don't have capacity to, I've done, it. I've done a couple episodes and typed them out, but yeah, advertise for someone to help on Collaborate. Maybe I will, yeah, it's a good idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it would be great to have people assist. So just to finish, thanks for coming along to the session. I appreciate your time. Um, I brought some business cards which talk about the podcast. I'd appreciate it if you could take a couple and give them to people that you think would benefit. I'm trying to get it out into places that, um, that I will never reach. It'd be great if, if you're willing to be unofficial ambassadors. I'm looking for more people to help spread the word about it. Um, so yeah, but thank you very much. I appreciate your time. <laughs> cool. Well, for those of you who've listened to the entire thing, well done. And I hope something there has caught your fancy and maybe even inspired you to try doing your own podcast. As I said in the intro, if you want to, feel free to reach out to me because I'd love for more podcasts to be started and maybe build up a collective of us who are doing these podcasts and trying to tell stories in this medium. If you did enjoy it, then consider leaving a rating or review for the show in Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, check out the Facebook page, and be watching for future episodes because I'm releasing them every two weeks. Until next time.